Hello. Hello. What's up, everybody? Welcome. To We Drink and We Know Things. The podcast. Oh my gosh, number 27. 27. We've done this 27 times, but it we've done it like 50 times because of all the offshoots and stuff that we've done. That means that our podcast is still younger in episodes than both of us. Than us as humans, yes. Way to, no. yeah, that's a great way to start the show there. <laughs> no, but uh, really quickly, we just dropped a few different things. We did another after show. Yeah. As well as we just, it's the 17th right now, so we just dropped the our first Let's Not Meet episode. Right. If you don't know what that is, go fucking go listen. listen to it. <laughs> you got it. It's you a little different it. than what we normally do, but yeah, yeah, we were yeah. kind of you know, we changing some stuff up. We yeah. didn't have air in our house, so we were it doing some tough. fun, unique stuff. It's fixed, though. Your pops helped me fix that. I know. You fixed God, it please. while I was in Florida. Just living it up. Yeah, you were living it up. I was sweating my balls off. Yes. It's been a hot Kentucky summer this year, my Mm-hmm. And rainy. Yeah, it's been pretty gross. It was rainy in Florida, too. It was, it's been so humid. Y'all know most of y'all probably come from here. It's, it's humid, man. Yeah, but... I got to go to Disney with my mama and my aunt yeah. and my sister, and it was super fun. I just sat in this hot ass house. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, that's all I did. It sucked. But you got the air fixed. Yeah, we got that shit matters. fixed, man. Oh, my word. So, yeah, go check out those two new episodes. Those are pretty fun. Yeah, uh, let us know what you think Yeah, about the Let's Not Meets. And it's, I mean, yeah, that's yeah, something man, different. Let us is, know what yeah. you think. And. If you can get through the most recent after show, <laughs> we were pretty lit. <laughs> oh my God, we were drunk. That's the only thing I put in the subtitles. Like, we were very drunk. If you've never listened to an after show, it's just us asking each other super random weird questions. Weird questions. While we just get drunk. Stupid. So. Yeah. It took me, it took so much longer to edit that episode Which than is like a normal. Bad because that's the whole like reason we do all of this because yeah. you shouldn't have to edit it too much. Right, right. But Fuck it. yeah, um, the after shows are just a fun way to wind down after some of the brutal shit we talk about. Go dip your tit in an after show because they're very, they're very fun. Grab a ham sandwich. Get you one. And dip a tit. And drop us some reviews. Drop us some ham sandwich ass reviews. Where and, y'all been at? And thank you for everybody who has left yeah, us reviews. Yeah, um, yeah. I checked right before we started recording. We're up to 70. Creeping our way up. Let's get to 100, man. Five Let's out of five star there, reviews. Man on yeah. itunes and that is freaking amazing because we're very grassroots you know we don't have you know we're not celebrities over here right you know? we're just regular people and we're just now getting to where we're trying to make this a super regular thing yeah so yeah which we talk about from time to time i think maybe all the time every episode we repeat ourselves so sorry <laughs> yeah. about that for anybody who has binged yeah yeah <laughs> man but we're uh we're excited man this is episode 27 so episode 30 will be a collaborative episode that Andrea and I will work on together, like yeah. we did on episode 20 with Slenderman. Did we do it on episode 10? We did do it on episode 10. I think that I was... fucking remember. We did... A, the live show was collab. Maybe that, that was That was Totes Collab. If you haven't listened to that, Live at Khalil's is a great one. We also have another super exciting announcement that we'll be able to have for you guys. Hopefully, yeah. Like Real soon. Next episode. We just yeah. got to get all the deets before we start... Them deets, You know, spreading stuff yeah so we're not gonna go through the whole if you've never listened to this podcast thing before so if you've never listened no, I'm <laughs> so i'm gonna go first this evening yeah i'm gonna tell you a thing uh-huh. and then you're gonna tell me a thing yes, yes. Are you want you ready anything else we need to say so you're going first i'm gonna go first and before i get into it i really just kind of want to touch on the social media phenomenon that's been happening 
with the Naruto run at Area 51. Is that what it's called? Yeah, originally the whole thing was Did everybody was no, everybody was going to run like Naruto. So Naruto is an anime and he runs fucking goofy as shit when he runs. He runs like with his arms behind him. Mm. Cuz it was harder for the animators to like so they the made, murders. <laughs> No, but it was harder for the animators to like get him to, to chug his arms. It was easier for the budget oh, okay. if he just had him flail back. So it's like it's kind of a funny thing and it started as a joke that people were gonna naruto run okay at area 51 because they can't stop us all so it's it, obviously if you guys have been on any fucking social media you've seen it for sure so when is this supposed to happen it's in september i think oh the 23rd now no, i made that up but it is in september that's our anniversary it's a busy month mm-hmm. so with that i wanted to th- i was thinking and i was like man area 51 would be dope to cover mm-hmm. and so then i started looking into covering area 51 mm-hmm. and it's a lot of it's a lot of it's a stuff. large area. It's the fifty first area. Yeah, it's a pretty, <laughs> pretty big space. But so you know, I, if you know anything about Area Fifty One, you know that it's it, it's it's veiled in conspiracy theories. It's somehow kind of also tethered to Roswell, and there's maybe like some secret stuff happening at Area Fifty One. Maybe, right? maybe I mean, it's a secret. It's a secret base. Is this? Is this you giving a a thing saying this is not what you're going to do because you're going to do it? Or is this you getting into getting into? I'm going to tell you we are going to talk about some alien stuff today. Okay. But we're not specifically going to talk about Area 51. Okay. Because there are other places where this, you know, like secret stuff and this and that. I'm just saying I think it's really funny that everybody is paying attention to Area 51 right now. Just like I think it's weird that there's that Donald Trump is forming the Space Force. Just at the same time that Bezos and Amazon are trying to go to outer space. And my boy, no idea what my boy Elon Muskies, Elon Muskies uh, is, is going to space too. NASA going back to the moon. Things are happening in space. Something's happening in um, outer space. So I feel like your stuff is going to have to do with space? Perhaps. I was just doing a general commentary. I think there's something imminent happening in outer space. This is me with my like tinfoil hat on right mm-hmm. now yeah you know because i don't really subscribe to a lot of it but i'll talk about it but g- genuinely i think there is something amiss something's popping in space right now y'all I okay so with that in mind i'm gonna tell y'all a few stories about ufo sightings that are not roswell or area 51 related okay okay that sounds cool yeah it should be all right also i'm drinking rosé in case anybody was wondering. I had, of course, we didn't make a cocktail. <laughs> I didn't make it. Fuck all that. Forget that. Delete it from the canon. No. This shit is too expensive. <laughs> Fuck that. No, I, you know, I think it's just we drink whatever we're drinking right now and most typically right now, because I think something's in retrograde, mar- Mercury or something. I've been saying Mercury. Close, Mercury. Mercury. Yeah, it's like Mercury's like, it's like it's the 10th planet. It got like kicked out. Uh-huh. It's coming back around. It also goes by Nibiru, but yeah. Oh, wow. I'm dropping some heavy alien subjects yeah, right I'm now. Yeah, I'm already lost. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> You're also drinking rosé. Yeah. Brose? Mm, no. It's that brose. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I'm going to kind of, since I think you got a heady one coming for us. You don't even know. Right. <laughs> he Great. he still doesn't know at all what I'm doing. Like not even the concept, yeah, nothing. No but I was just like, I'm doing that one that's gonna be probably long. So Tom's might not be as long. And I'm talking a lot of shit before I even build into this. I'm just saying something's <laughs> something's going on in space, and I want to talk about it. 
Let's so, get into it. I want to say that I was going to originally for this episode, I was going to, I knew I was going to do alien stuff this episode, but what I, what happened is I started tuning into like old alien philosophies and stuff that I was like hype on as a kid and they got so ahead of me so fast. I was really, I, I gotta, I gotta break this shit out in chunks. Yeah. I'm going to tell you guys about the most famous UFO sightings that didn't happen necessarily, you know, at, at Roswell Area 51. These yeah. happen all over the world. Yeah. Okay. The first one that I'm going to talk to you about is the Rendlesham Forest Incident. Okay. All right. Some to, it's also referred to as Britain's Roswell. Oh. oh. Anything that is described as an incident, like, freaks me out. Yeah. Yeah. The incident. It's like they don't want to say what it <laughs> is or, like... <laughs> an incident could be fucking anything. We don't talk anything. about the incident. It was the in- You could have shit your pants <laughs> or the fucking house could have caught on fire. Right? You know what you I mean? murder your bomb. We don't talk about the incident. <laughs> it, it, was the, it was under the influence. We don't talk about it, sweetie. Come on. Let me make you a PB. So this is in the UK. This is in the UK. It's the most well... It's one of the, it's one of the most popular ones outside of, uh, like, Roswell and stuff like that. I don't... Like, you keep saying Roswell, but I... You know I'm not like an alien. Roswell, New Mexico. I mean, I know, I know the name, and I know like Area 51. But other than that, I'm like, uh. yeah, it's for me to do this on for me to do Roswell on this podcast. To me, feels like Moby Dick. It feels like such a big task to undertake that I, I feel like I'm just not prepared as a researcher to fucking do Roswell. It's so much. Okay. But mostly, it was probably weather balloons. Back to the UK. Yeah, we're back. All right, yeah. Okay, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck me, right? (laughs) This happened in late 1980 on a Royal Air Force military base near England's east coast. Okay. This happened on December 26th, which is, you know, bloody Christmas. What's the day after? after, Boxing day. Boxing day. It's a big deal over there. The first sighting occurred when two United States Air Force members, so the the Royal Air Force. Air Force. Air Force. Why the fuck can I not say Air Force? Air Force, bruh. I saw him in the Royal Air Force. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're just getting people's faces. (laughs) So those, these bases were actually occupied by U.S. Air Force. Like. Okay. It's a, they're, I think they're called, they're, they're most commonly called like RAFs. It stands for Royal Air Force. But in this, in both of these instances, they were occupied by United States Mm -hmm. uh, dudes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the Air Force members, two dudes, reported seeing lights falling to earth over nearby Rendlesham Forest around 3 a.m. According to an official Air Force memo that later documented the incident, the servicemen entered the forest to investigate and saw a metallic object giving off lights and moving around. Mm. Yes. And I mean, it's the Air Force. Those are the it's guys the motherfucking for that Air shit. Force, dude. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> UFOs at work, dude? (laughs) Fuck yeah. When local police arrived, they reportedly didn't see any lights other than the bright beacon of a nearby lighthouse, but they later discovered markings near the site. Markings being like glyphs, triangles, circles, these weird little ornate dudes. But that's, that's fucking shapes, not markings. Yeah, well, that's that's one thing that I heard. Another thing is that that's totally fabricated. Okay. So on one side of this, there's like these weird glyphs like left on like Betty and Barney's car mm-hmm. or it didn't happen at all. Okay. Pictures didn't happen. <laughs> A few days later, the 28th, I believe, more servicemen went to investigate the forest site and reported seeing three bright lights in the sky that shone for hours. Hmm. These are 
military people. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. in numbers. If I'm going to believe anybody about this shit, it's going to be military people who are like yeah. flying Air Force. They're, They're in the probably air. They all like, all these dudes are running whatever space program. Right. They're the leaders of the Space Force now because of what they learned from <laughs> this. This is like, a, this is how it happened. Yeah, so they said this light shone in the sky for hours. Three? Uh, it was... They saw three bright lights in the sky that shone for hours. Astronomers and researchers have disputed the sightings as bright stars and the sight markings as indentations made by animals. So it's either, you know, like, uh-huh. there were sources that say, and there's even, like, a statue there or something with, like, glyphs and shit on it. Yeah. And then My- there's scratches and claws or, you know, nothing I'm else. also thinking, like, aren't military bases pretty, like, lit up? Yeah. So, I mean, you wouldn't, would you see, like, you know, like, when you're in a, this, you live in a city. Yeah. You you can't see the stars. So, for me, that's like, they're on a military base and they're seeing three bright lights. So, it started these two dudes see see bright lights fall into the forest. Yeah. And then a couple of nights later, some but dudes then those, go out to investigate. They see the three lights up in the air. And then, and that's it. Yeah. Right. So, two dudes, and I can't speak to who the dudes are. Clearly. Like, there's no, there's none of that. <laughs> I don't know. They're all just some dudes. Mm-hmm. But... Two of these dudes go out there, or they see it happen, and then three dudes go out a couple of days later, and they see the three bright lights. Yeah, and so the last, the last, it remains completely. That's what it is. That's the incident. That's the sighting. And this it's was in eighty nineteen eighty. Yeah, December nineteen eighty. So there wouldn't have been any. They didn't catch anything on film, or well, if they did, they're not giving it out. Right. Do you know what I'm right. saying? Mm-hmm. I think that it's a pr- it's pretty compelling for me because it's Air Force. Mm-hmm. it's yeah. people that like they monitor that yeah. shit you know like they're the air force <laughs> they are the air force. they're the air force they're the forces in the air yeah okay so the next one wait that's it yeah that's, no that's, that's the whole a, that was like a huge yeah, this deal, is though. a list dude yeah this is wow. but that's what happened it's kind of compelling i like to just leave it at that and not get into like explanations and well, stuff I mean, like that can you re- i mean a yeah, lot of times you can't based explain. on the information that we have you know yeah it was totally fucking aliens wow so it's not area 51 it's randlesham yeah and that's in the uk yeah Okay. Homeland, you know. They got just some fucking posh aliens drinking tea. And is that always an Air Force? Like, is that always a ba- a military base? It was It was actually between two Air Force bases. Oh, But okay. I can't, I don't, I, I have it somewhere else when I was reading it. Because I was going to cover this as a full dude. Yeah. But I didn't think there was enough to do. So I'm going to talk about some other stuff. Okay. There's this book that was published by the National UFO Reporting Center. And <laughs> California tops the list of states with the most reported UFO sightings. California is? California, wow. uh, it tops the list of states with the most reported UFO sightings. Oh, that's smog. Smog. <laughs> can't see anything, dude. <laughs> with the highest number of incidents happening between 2001 and 2015 in Los Angeles. Wow. But one of the the first notable sighting uh, in California happened in February 1942. Whoa. So this is during World War II. This involved an unusual military attack. Hmm. Okay. The attack on Pearl Harbor had happened only three months prior. So that's still hella fresh on the consciousness. Well, yeah. No, I mean, you can't probably think about anything else. Everybody's traumatized. Yeah, oh my gosh. On the night of February 24th, military units on the California coast were instructed to prepare for Japanese raids. The following morning, February 25th, an unidentified aircraft was spotted on the radar 120 miles west of Los Angeles, which subsequently disappeared. From there, air raid sirens were raised and a citywide blackout was instated. (gasps) Bright anti-aircraft searchlights punctured the night sky and a mass defense air raid was launched. 
reports of unidentified flying objects, foreign aircrafts, and even airplane crash landings came pouring into local police Whoa, departments. Oh, airplane crash landings? Yeah, all, so the, the, the police line is just inundated with like, something, this, that, whatever. Yeah. The mass chaos led to the death of at least five civilians <gasps> from heart attacks and car accidents. <gasps> oh, my God. During that citywide blackout and vast property damage from shrapnel. Jesus. Yeah. Later, it was discovered that the unidentified object was not from an enemy combatant. Several contra- well, several not a not one of this earth. Correct. The truth is out there. <laughs> <laughs> several contradictory reports from witnesses, the government, and newspapers at the time stated seeing balloons, aircraft, and hovering vehicle, hovering objects, and other phenomena in the night sky, which added to the confusion. And the wartime paranoia. Gosh, yeah. Pretty crazy, because yeah. that's the whole story. I mean, yeah, what the fuck? That happened. That story's called The Battle for Los Angeles, and I think that's where they, that, that movie came from. You remember they did The Battle for Los oh, Angeles? Oh, yeah. That was super dope. I didn't see it. Did I? I yeah, didn't see it. that movie's sick. Mm-mm. That movie's badass. That's wild. Yeah, and there's so many of these. If you, like, broaden the stroke to the whole world and... How many, you know, UFO encounters. But that's what's crazy. And we're going to get into that. But, like, UFO doesn't necessarily, isn't indicative of aliens. Mm-hmm. And then it's not always called, like, a UFO, right? Like. It's kind of, if we can't identify it, if it's coming from the government, like, that's the official. Yeah, but, like, if it's, like, a light, it wouldn't be a UFO. Right, if it's, it's stationary. Yeah. yeah. So that first story would have just been, like, an unidentified. Lights. Which you could a a, a UL. <laughs> we got an unidentified identified light. We got a, a just light. kidding. They're just playing. They're just playing tag football. Just Sorry. Kidding. we didn't know they had the lights on. It was a time traveler. He had his flashlight <laughs> out with it on his phone. We're taking selfies. I hear that's going to be a thing soon. <laughs> okay, so next is going to be the 1952 Washington D.C. UFO incident. Wow, these <clears throat> old ones. Like, I think that makes out. it cooler. Well, yeah. You know, it also makes it like you like can't pulpy. you can't be like well where's the why didn't anybody take a picture because at the time you know that that wasn't yeah. like everybody didn't have just fucking cell phones to pull out yeah so yeah i mean have you seen that picture of those time travelers that do though those old-timey pictures They're, those are some crazy there's some like crazy like imagery uh, like, of people like holding handheld devices right in the future like old yeah. photos where it looks like yeah. somebody's like on a cell phone or yeah. like they're in the wrong attire for yes. the time yeah that's remember so crazy we used to go we had this movie theater out when we where we grew up like old mate old mate and rest in peace there was is it gone <laughs> i think it's been gone yeah shit i forgot so but they always had these like really old pictures hanging up on the walls you know, in between the theaters yeah. of just, I guess, Oldham County and LaGrange Back and shit. Day. Like, yeah. And there was this one, I guess it kind of fits this because it could have been like time travel, alien. It could have been ghost. I don't know. But there was, there's one picture where it was like of a street, a main street in, I think, LaGrange. And you could just see like a woman's heels and like kind of her feet. And oh, then it yeah. was like disappearing. Yeah. The rest, you couldn't see the rest of the body. And it all, like, it, we always, me and... The whole town was convinced it was a ghost. Yeah, but, I mean, you never know. It could have right. been, like... She could, her ass just could have been had somewhere to go. What if she was getting, what if she was, like, getting beamed up Shit. by an alien, whatever. Fucking I don't know. Who? Sorry. I don't know what Knows. made me think of that, but... Like many prominent UFO reports, it started with an unusual and unexplained aircraft on military radars. On July 19th, 1952, air traffic controllers at Ronald Reagan Sailed National Airport... Blue. 
Yeah, they go across it. Oh, yeah, they sorry. landed and just it was going so fast they just skidded sorry. across. You know. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> on July nineteenth, nineteen fifty-two, air traffic controllers at Ronald Reagan National Airport detected movement on their radars from aircraft that weren't scheduled to arrive in the area, and strangely, apparently move with sudden speeds that couldn't be detected by the radar screens. The fuck. Mm-hmm. They couldn't be detected, but they were detected. Like initially they showed up. I see. And then they popped. They just. They couldn't like follow them. Like couldn't like keep up with whatever the fuck it was. They just like, oh, wow. And there's something else that I'm going to talk about at the end and I'm going to link to the website, but I don't have like a bunch of stuff about it. That's creepy. Yeah. Tom DeLong from Blink-182. He's a UFO hunter now. Like full time. (laughs) What? This is real shit. This is real shit. Yeah. Because he's not even in Blink-182 anymore. Well, you know. The drummer was in a plane crash. Yeah, he's a bad motherfucker for surviving that. Maybe that shit was like gnarly. maybe there's some shit going on with them. Uh, maybe they're like signed a signed a contract. Blink one eighty, alien. Where are you? <laughs> Keep my homie safe from airplane crashes because they really blew. Sorry wow. about all that, but yeah. So he actually released a video. Wow. Like this declassified naval. Who's what is Blink? I'm sorry. I'm Tom more upset DeLong. about the fact that like what the fuck is Blink 182 now? Then Mark Hopper, Travis Barker, yeah, and then some other dude. Wait, is it Mark Hopper and Travis Barker, or did you just fucking make that? I up? I might have made it up. I know Travis Barker, but I don't know. I knew Tom Delonge, but I don't know it's, the other. I'm pretty sure it's Hopper. Okay. <laughs> sorry, don't Blink 182 me. fans. Don't, hey, if Tom Delonge's listening, you can add me, bro. Let's I know go you ahead and me. move on from Hoppus. Hoppus? Mark Hoppus? I have no idea. You're the one it's who one said of those. it. I think you were thinking Hopper from um, Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Yeah. Anyway, Jesus, off the rails as fuck. <laughs> okay. Again, 1952, air traffic controllers at Ronald Reagan National Airport detected movement on their radars from aircraft that weren't scheduled to arrive in the area and strangely apparently moved with sudden speeds that couldn't be detected by the radars. Right. So these guys are zipping and zapping. They're moving a boat. <laughs> the following weekend, eyewitness accounts from the area... Airline crew and military personnel reported seeing flashes of light zooming in the sky and other unusual occurrences. To calm the national anxiety and slow the reports of UFO sightings that were interfering with emergency calls, the Air Force held the largest press conference since World War II to address the odd activity, Wow! which they attributed to stars, meteors, and meteorological phenomena such as temperature inversion causing energy that could be detected by radars. Jesus Christ. So that's the official response. The thing that really stuck out to me that right there was national anxiety. <laughs> Whole city just Jesus. fucking... Tr- I feel that. Of all of that, I feel that. Yeah. Come what may, there's a lot of anxiety in the air these also, days. Also, our dog was just drinking out of the toilet. So if yeah. you heard any uh, they know. drinking slurps, I know, I it wish wasn't us. We it wasn't me like, like lapping up my wine. It was snow in the toilet. We need to find a way to like for real incorporate the dogs into the Oh, show. I think they do that on their own. <laughs> yeah. At the worst fucking times. <laughs> okay, the next that we're going to talk about is the Belgian UFO wave. Ooh. The longest lasting series of reported UFO sightings in Belgium began in 1989 in November. That's the year I was born. Oh my gosh. And it ended the following April. So from November to April, so 1989 to 1990, around 13,500 people claimed to witness seeing large triangular flying objects hovering low in the sky. What? Triangular? No, 13K, that freaks me out. 13 and a half thousand people say this. 
That's Ooh. crazy. And this was like people calling in and like 911 and shit. Claimed to have witnessed. Yeah. 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 What? In the spring of 1990, military fighter pilots investigated and pursued some of the identifiable objects, but the objects flew out of the range before the pilots could observe anything further. It was written off as a harmless mystery and remains one of the largest alleged UFO sightings in history. Whoa. I mean, what the fuck? That's 13, bonkers. 13,000 people saw UFOs. And that was the 30 mil- years ago. The military pursued them. Yeah. Allegedly. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Who knows if that's, Well, I mean, you know. Anyway. But this, the triangle thing, I don't like that. <laughs> that's spooky. Like, there's one thing to have, like, a beam of light or a circle, but triangles? Triangles are spooky, like man. Yeah. It's well, like they're, up in the, up in the some... sky. Yeah. It's not a diamond. I'm not twinkle twinkling. It's no, a it's, fucking it's, triangle. It's a half diamond. Yeah, <laughs> it's half of one. <laughs> but no, I think that's crazy. Thirteen thousand people. That's. I mean, I. You could say that's mass hysteria. You could say some motherfucker saw something. Who knows? And were you those know, people I don't know. from all over? No, it was in Belgium. But like, it was all over Belgium. Belgium. Just Belgium was. The, yeah. That. I mean, what the fuck? That's so many people in one area. Yeah. It I wasn't mean, like thirteen thousand in the United States. It was thirteen thousand in. In Belgium. Belgium. Crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. 13,500 reported UFO sightings. Mm-mm. The phrase flying saucer has been associated with descriptions of UFO sightings for seemingly forever, but the term was actually coined by the press after a sighting was reported by pilot Kenneth Arnold in 1947. Whoa. The same year as the Roswell incident. Mm-hmm. Mm. While traveling to Yakima, Washington, Yakima, Yakima, <laughs> whichever potato y- potato y- y- yakima y'all put too many shits right there that's hard to get uh while traveling to yakima washington for a business trip arnold noticed bright light reflecting from one side of I his, thought his plane. name was Kennel. kenneth kenneth arnold oh shit sorry sorry jesus christ while traveling to yakima washington for a business trip mm-hmm. arnold noticed bright light reflecting off the side of his plane to his surprise, he said he spotted nine aircrafts flying in a V formation. There's something on the wing. There's something on, on the, the wing. wing. Sorry. Fucking, it's Twilight a fucking Zone. Yeti on the wing. It's so fucking weird. Uh, and the formation is flying towards Mount Rainier at around 1,700 miles per hour. What? He described the movement as a saucer if you skip it over water, which was misinterpreted by newspapers to mean the objects were shaped like saucers thus coining the term. Over the following weeks, so multiple UFO sightings. there. Saucers, coins. Yeah, well, <laughs> he said he saw nine aircrafts flying in a V formation, mm-hmm. and he said they moved like a saucer if you skip it over water. And everybody took that to mean like it was, it was round. Yeah, yeah. But it was just moving in a circular... It was moving like... I think it was moving like when you hop a stone over water. But then why wouldn't it be circular? A saucer... Yeah, he said it just moved like one. He didn't oh. say it looked like one. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Over the following weeks, multiple UFO sightings were reported following the largest incident, which happened in Roswell. So this is like the kind of the precursor to Jeez. Roswell. Yeah. That's bonkers. So that's kind of, those are like the big boys. That's just kind of like a broad stroke of all the I big mean, that's boys. just crazy. Yeah. It's just crazy that there's just these fucking, like, the blank of blank, de blank blank. Yeah, and there's so many more. You know what I mean? It's just crazy that every culture everywhere has experienced ufos and i think right now with everybody having this area 51 meme hype right it's cool to kind of touch yeah on, you know. for sure yeah that's yeah. cool is that all you got for me that was that's, that was i like 
You just dipped the tit in it. I like that. Just it. dipped the tit right in it. <laughs> All right. All right. You ready for mine? Absolutely. Okay. So this story is insane. In the membrane. It has a lot of people. Okay. And I'll just, it's a lot. Weird. Your stories are rarely that. <laughs> okay. But for the record, I've done a lot of research on this mm-hmm. and I'm just going to go ahead and dive right in. This story takes place in a small town called Mountain City, Tennessee. It's in the northeast tip of Tennessee and borders Virginia and North Carolina. It's a very rural, mountainous place. And in the book I read, it was said that everyone knows each other and there's about like three grocery stores, no mall, no movie theater, at least at the time of this book. And the closest bank was like 30 minutes away. Wow. Sounds very inconvenient ask me so i'm gonna start with the potter family the potters we have marvin who goes by buddy buddy don't know where that came from barbara and janelle and they also have huh and harry and they have an (laughs) harry potter now it's no, no relation i don't think uh they also have another daughter named christy which i will get to in a minute so let's start with buddy you know i kind of get to tell you a little bit about everybody about everybody Everybody. Everybody. Get it? Yeah. That's good. <laughs> that a good joke. So Buddy joined the Marines at 18, and he told his family and has always said that he worked for the CIA during the Vietnam War. Oh, wow. Buddy suffered a back injury and was no longer able to serve in the Marine Corps, and he was somebody who always carried two guns and bullets. Like, it's just something that's just always known about Buddy. In case that first one done jammed up on you, you gotta go to that, <laughs> you gotta go to that ankle pistol, buddy. Apparently. Buddy! The family, being Barbara, his wife, and Janelle, his daughter, just loved the fact that he worked for the CIA, and Barbara was often heard bragging about him being in the CIA, which I thought, I, I would think that if you were actually in the CIA, it's not something that bit, you want to, yeah, like, brag about. Under wraps, wouldn't you? But... She knew nothing when anyone asked for details because, you know, Buddy was sworn to secrecy and she loved her husband and never pressed him about that. So why ask, right? Sure. I wonder if that's going to come back around because... You know, there's a lot of details that are going to come back around. Buddy being in the military and the CIA was something that kind of defined the Potter family. And it wasn't something you could miss when you had an encounter with Buddy or visited the Potter home. Medals were displayed throughout their house. And he was often seen with, like, hats with the Marine Corps logo on them. You know, he's definitely a proud veteran. Yeah. He also, as I said, always carried the firearm. And anyone who met him would know about his military background right off the bat. So, Okay. okay. He's one of those guys. Yeah. Good for him. Buddy. Good old Marvin. I'm going to call him Buddy for the rest of the story, just for the record. Uh, Then we have Barbara Potter. This is Buddy's wife. Barbara. (laughs) The Potters lived in their own little bubble. And they did not like when something would pierce that bubble. The Potter bubble. Barbara, in particular, was a very strict woman. She was also a very paranoid woman and would become very obsessive about things. She believed that if someone disagreed with her about something, that that person would want her dead. I get it. I feel feel the same way. Uh, She was also very extra. And later on, it said that, quote, it would be impossible to mimic a Barbara Potter email. You would die of exhaustion before you got done. Whoops. She's the kind of person that would take 10 lines of text just to say goodbye. 
She's, you know, a lot. She's a lot. I bid you a very fond and favorable. <laughs> I hope everything's going well. Farewell to I, you and bye, yours. Bye, yeah. and bye, and bye, I just bye, wanted bye, to bye, say bye, 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 bye again. Twelve lines of just also, bye. Also, sincerely, sin- sincerely, you know, very with the most love. <laughs> Don't forget you owe me $12. <laughs> Can you Venmo me that? So, just whenever okay, you bye. get a chance. Also, bye. That's at Barbara. <laughs> so they did have another daughter. Her name is Christy. Oh, Christy. She is Janelle's older sister. Okay. But as soon as Christy graduated, she moved the fuck out and okay. removed herself from what she described as a toxic household. So she got the fuck up out. She got the fuck up out. In one of the many interviews and things that I listened to, Christy said that her and Janelle fought like crazy and beat each other up, but it was typical sister stuff. So she moved out somewhere in like 1997, 98, and from there on... The relationships with her family just went downhill. She felt that her parents babied Janelle and that she was never taught how to do things. They would also make excuses for her that, like, she couldn't do things because of her disabilities. Okay. She even said in something else that I read that she witnessed Janelle acting like she couldn't do something so that she could have it done for her. And then later would like boast in a way to her sister about how she could have had it or how she could have done it. Kind of like it was a game for her, you know, sure, with some yeah. things. I'm the same way. Yeah. I can't do the dishes. I can't tie my shoes. I'm just kidding. I could have. <laughs> I never learned to wipe my butt. Joke's on them. <laughs> she wiped my ass. I had diarrhea. <laughs> Gross. Ew. <laughs> so Christy and her dad actually had a really good relationship until... The Potter family moved to Mountain City. In the mountains. Yeah. (laughs) After the move, Buddy would actually get in trouble if Barbara found out that he was talking to Christy, which is just like, what the fuck? But as I said, you know. So Barbara's, she's rocking the pants. I mean, yeah. Barbara's got them britches. (laughs) But as I said, you know, she, if somebody disagreed with her, it was like the end all be all. So the fact that her and Christy didn't get along was just like, she was just like, fuck it. I don't cut and cut you off. I don't care. Yeah. Like she didn't give a shit that it was her daughter. Efficient. And she had to put all of her attention to Janelle anyway. Sure. So wiping her ass. I don't think it was at that, to that point. Oh, yeah. You can mean it. So basically Christy's relationship just died out. <clears throat> I just wanted to mention her because she is part of the family. And I mean, you know, so she moved to England. She met a guy named James. They had a baby. And, and she's put... James Corden's wife. No, Okay, so let's talk about the move. The move happened to Mountain City in 2004 when Janelle was in her 20s. Okay. Apparently her mom, or Barbara's mom, fell ill. And so that's why Buddy and Barbara and Janelle relocated to Mountain City so she could care, she, so, so she could care for her mother. Okay. Mountain City has a population of about 2,500. It's only three square miles from okay. what I read. Okay. Everyone is religious. Everyone knows each other. And tourists have nothing bad to say about the people who live there. This I'm not, sign... I'm not trying to brag, but I'm pretty sure my hometown has less people than that. Henry County? Yeah, Newcastle has like had like 700 people living there. Really? Yeah. Tiny hmm. place. Hmm. I might be wrong, but... I have no idea. I don't give it. Nobody's going to fact check that, so... I don't know. We might have a friend who lives in Henry County. We do have a friend Fact check him. Please yeah, email us yeah. at wedrinkwenothingspodcast at gmail. <laughs> there was a signpost uh, in, like, the, like, not the square, but, like, when you come up to this stop sign, it's like, welcome to Newcastle population. I swear it was, like, 782 or something. Huh. Well, I mean... That was, like, 25 years small. ago, though. I mean, outside, it's only yeah. Louisville. But, um, where was I... 
Oh, yeah. So the sign when you enter the town literally says, Welcome to Mountain City, a friendly hometown. Friendly hometown. Hell I thought, yeah. Like, I mean, a friendly hometown. Well, it's not anybody who's coming in's hometown. We need a really good adjective for <laughs> our town. <laughs> What's it going to be? It's also apparently one of the top 15 cities in Tennessee. I mean, I've been through Tennessee, so also, I... Also, is that even a city? I know it's called Mountain City, but like, if it has a population What's of 2,500, how can it be a city? What's the first word? Mountain. What's the second word? City. It's a city. I don't know about that. You call it a city, you got yourself a city. Anybody living in Tennessee? Anybody Email us at We Drink We Know Things podcast at Gmail. Yeah, do it. <laughs> so, all right, let's talk about Janelle. She had diabetes. Oh. As well as other health issues. She had to beat us. She spoke very childlike, similar to Gypsy Rose, if anybody knows that case. Where, uh. you know, it's just my knowing. <laughs> but she was six feet tall. That's a big lady. A large lady. Yeah. She graduated from high school with a special education diploma. Good for her. She had many learning disabilities. Did she play basketball? Because that could have been it. <laughs> that could have been her fucking answer right no, there. No, she had diabetes. You can't I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, um, I can't play ball because of my beaties. I just feel like that would be an excuse she would use for sure, everything. Sure, sure. Mom, throw the ball for me. So she had auditory issues that kind of affected the tone of how what someone would say to her um, would like she didn't get didn't understand the, the oh tone. like the context yeah like an okay. example w- that was given was if someone said this was literally what they used as the example. Hey, I'm going to whip your tail, like, in a joking manner. I don't even have a tail. You can't whip it. I ain't got one. No, but they would be doing it in a joking manner, and she would take that literally. Like, she couldn't detect the tone of the inflection. Oh. So, you know, that's not What an unfortunate fucking thing to not like, understand. Like, go fuck yourself. She's like, you want me to fuck myself? <laughs> <laughs> and also, if Poor I do the, the tone, if I do the, we're allowed, because we're in Kentucky, so. Yeah, hell yeah. You know. Okay. Uh, she was not allowed to have a typical boyfriend-girlfriend relationship like everybody else or someone at least at her age. And in that sheltered existence, she focused a lot on her online presence, starting with MySpace. She was a motherfucking influencer, bro. <laughs> right. The OG. Oh, my God. The OG I influencer. wish she had a YouTube channel. So it started with MySpace, then Facebook, and she talked a lot on a forum called Topics, which is apparently a news and entertainment website where you can go on and okay. write out in a forum. Spelled with an X, right? Yes. Class act. I wrote Classy. it out T-O-P-I-C and I was like, oh, I actually wrote it out T-O-P-I-C-S and it's just T-O-P-I-X. It's fucking very Top edgy. X. It's very Top fucking, it's, it's hard science that if you put a fucking X in it, dog, that it's hard. <laughs> it's so fucking edgy and hard, dude. I've never heard of this topics website though. I have an account on there. It's a uh, oh, do you? It's W D A W K T Pod. You gotta look. At you gotta look. It's so many. It's half the fucking alphabet. Of course, I have to look. W D A W K T. Yeah, it takes a minute. That should be the new jingle. That sounded lit. <laughs> at the Pain House. Okay, we've got a lot to get to. Funk. Yes, we've got a lot to get to. You guys. That's why Thomas was short because mine is bulky as fuck same okay ew okay where was i fuck uh, uh, uh. it's also mentioned a lot about how socially inept janelle was and that when she met someone in town she would immediately find them on facebook and send them a friend request nothing creepy about that mm. people were really open to her at first and i think kind of felt bad for her but after a while a lot of people began to find her to be 
a lot and would be overwhelmed with all of the fucking DMs and messages from her. She's just sliding in them DMs. And really started to get aggravated by her. Later on in this story, this comes up, but I'm going to go ahead and say it now because I think it's relevant. She is later examined by a psychologist who said that 99 out of 100 kids would perform better than her at math, reading, and spelling. Okay. Okay. She has an IQ of 72, which is three levels below the average person. And so this, if we're taking this as 100% true, she operates at a level of fourth grader. That's a fucking bummer for her. Yeah. It's also later said down the line that she suffered a brain injury in high school when she was apparently attacked, which made her disabilities worsen. So Janelle's room was decorated much like a fourth grader. Stuffed animals and posters. I mean, that sounds a lot like my room, but it's fine. She never left her parents' house. <laughs> I was going to do a joke there, but I think I didn't want to sleep on the couch tonight. So, Come at me, bro. Come at me, bro. <laughs> you don't like my big Finding Nemo stuffed animal? Oh, I love waking up to it staring me in the <laughs> fucking face at 3 o'clock in the morning while you're speaking in your sleep in Japanese. Oh, shut up. She never left her parents' house. And when she started collecting disability at 18, she... Did not need or know how to drive and was completely dependent on her parents. Okay. She also did not need and never would get a job. So. Fuck jobs. They were super overbearing to say the least and for sure monitored everything that she did, even her online activity. They would even, when I say like they were, they, I mainly mean Barbara, the mom. Barbara. Not so much Buddy. Not the CIA agent. Buddy, the CIA agent. Yeah. Yeah, not him. He's got all the insight anyway, right? He's CIA. Well, he's former CIA. Mm. So they even listened in on her phone conversations. Like, that's a problem with landlines. Did you ever have that? Like, if you were talking on the phone, like, your parents would, like, pick up and listen? Yeah, hell yeah. Our biggest problem growing up, I guess, was when someone tried to call, but you were on the internet. Yeah, I got no end of trouble for that shit. We need to connect to the internet. I used to get in so much trouble for that, yeah. Yeah. So, and it's also kind of, they still have landlines, and this isn't that old of a story. Maybe. I mean, it's a rural-ass town. For sure. Not a lot of service. <laughs> it was not much for them, her parents, to keep track of, seeing as she didn't have any friends. And anytime she did leave the house, it was basically with her parents, mainly going to the grocery store or the frequent visits to the pharmacy to get multiple medications that she needed for her diabetes. And I think also um, Buddy had a lot of chronic issues where he needed medications as well his health was also not great at this point and he was it was even so bad that he even was using an oxygen tank oh poor buddy (laughs) (laughs) i just literally did the snap and point we can hear it's a great okay going back to their frequent visits to the pharmacy this was one of the places that janelle was at so often with her parents that they ended up becoming kind of like you know regular customers and this led to her becoming friendly with a girl named Tracy Greenwell. Tracy. Tracy was a super friendly girl, very popular in the small town. She worked as a pharmacist where the Potters, you know, frequented to get their medications. And she had a close group of friends and family that always hung out together. Tracy felt sorry for Janelle, just like most people, seeing how isolated she was and the fact that at this point, she's... <clears throat> almost 30 years old and seemed to have no friends or social life. Damn, that's a fucking bummer. Tracy, being a sweet person, is totally something I would have fucking done and probably would still do, asked Janelle to come along and hang out with her and her friends. You're so good. 
Whatever. I'm so nice. You're such a nice person. Surprisingly, Buddy and Barbara didn't object to this, and so Janelle began hanging out with Tracy and found herself for the first time probably ever feeling accepted and actually socializing outside of her controlling parents. Wow. So outside of Janelle's new friendships and her parents, there was one other thing that kind of dominated Janelle's time, and honestly, probably most of Mountain Cities because there's doesn't seem to literally be nothing to fucking do there. So this was being online and socializing on sites like Facebook. Janelle personally, personally <laughs> loved Facebook and was constantly sending people friend requests. To her, it was like a genuine new friendship with every accepted friend request she sent. Outside of that online life, Janelle was spending time with Tracy Greenwell. And through her, she met Tracy's brother, Bill Payne. Bill Payne. No relation. (laughs) No. (laughs) Janelle had an immediate intense crush on Bill. And being one of the first real interactions with a man I assume she's ever had, she was hoping he felt the same way. Bill was also very friendly and kind to Janelle, just like Tracy, which I think probably heightened her infatuation for him. So there's a lot of names in this one. Are you about to open a beer? All right. What are you drinking? Now, this is the Brabble from Mile Wide Beer Company in Louisville, Kentucky. It's an American Blonde Ale. I'm fucking geeked to drink it. That's cool. Yeah, they got a whole cool thing going on. What's it called? Brabble. 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 All right. (laughs) Okay. So our next person, Bill Payne. Billy. He was an outgoing, friendly person. Yeah. Bill was also. His, we went to high school with a dude named we Billy Payne. Did That's all I can think about. A, name, a yeah. name. I said we went to high school with a name. We did go to high school with a lot of names, but one of them was Billy Payne. <laughs> and our last name is Payne. Yeah. What's up, dude? Hope you're doing good. <laughs> Betty, listen. <laughs> I'm gonna tag him in that just for oh, that. Oh God. <laughs> hey, bro. We did a podcast about you. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh. Bill Payne was an outgoing, friendly person. He was in his late 30s and worked at a local thread factory called Parkdale Mills. That he had just apparently walked right into after high school. It was like, you know, not a college. They just go right into that. When he wasn't working, he was drinking, singing, partying, and always had a smile on his face. Fucking same. Maybe this dude is related. (laughs) He was also known as a ladies man around town. Mm -hmm. He's definitely a pain. Whatever. (laughs) What's up? (laughs) Talk to him. You're married now. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a lady man now. A lady. I'm a lady man. (laughs) (sighs) He also had a habit of using and selling painkillers. Oh, shit. That's worse. Nothing crazy outside of selling his personal prescriptions, but it was something that he was doing, which big or small, it's still illegal. Substance abuse, so whatever. He's moving in perks. I think Bill eventually found his substance abuse to be an issue and got treatment, and he actually got his shit together. This dude, I like like Bill. I like Bill Payne. I might regret it later, but I like him right now. Okay. He then met a woman, (laughs) wait for it, named Billie Jean. (laughs) Her was, name was and Michael Jackson, for sure, not the dad. No. For sure, not Billie Jean's dad. No. Okay. Billie Jean Hayworth, to be exact. Billie Jean Hayworth. She also worked at the factory where Bill worked, and the two of them immediately caught each other's eyes. Bill and Billy. Billie Jean Hayworth was in her early 20s, but the age gap didn't matter, and Bill Payne and Billie Jean began dating. So, you know, he was in his late 30s. She okay, was in her yeah, I was 20s. about to ask. I, yeah. I, I don't know if you'd said that. Yes. 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 Bill's friends immediately noticed a positive change in him, and he was drinking and partying all the time. Or, and he wasn't drinking and partying all the time like he used to. That's it's, hey, I'll tell you, that's a that's a change in the wrong direction, uh, brother. I'll tell you that much oh, right shut now. Shut up. It seemed like Bill was 
kind of ready to settle down. Good for you, Bill. We have yet another person to so, add so to the So, so far, mix. we got Janelle, who's kicking it with Christy, who's cousins to Bill Payne. Bill Payne nope. meets and falls nope. in love with Billy. We've already screwed it up. What? <laughs> Tracy is Billy's... Tracy, I don't even think I said the right name. Yeah, you did. Okay. Tra- okay, we've got the Potters. we got Barbara and Buddy, Buddy and Janelle. And Janelle. And then they have their other daughter, Christy, which but we she's don't... out of the shit. Yeah, we don't need to keep her name in the mix. Then Janelle's hanging out with Tracy. Tracy. And her brother is Bill Payne. Brother, not cousin. So I was pretty right. fucking close. Right. Okay. In Kentucky, those are essentially the same thing. Uh, okay. So now we have Jamie, Jamie Curd. Jamie Curd also worked at Parkdale Mills. Okay. Where Billy Payne and Billy Jean worked. Okay. And Jamie was in the same circle of friends, not only because he worked with him, but he was actually Billy Payne's cousin. Okay. There's the cousin piece. Essentially Bill's best friend. And he's, oh, the only thing that I can think of is Curd because you said Curd. What's his first name? Jamie. Jamie Curds. Don't worry. We're going to get a lot. Their names are, all these people are going to be. Coming up a lot. Janelle, who we know had a massive crush on Bill Payne, was not thrilled when he began a relationship with Billie Jean. Ooh. Can you imagine dating somebody or being in a relationship with the same name? It seems a bit indulgent. He's like, it's like, say my name. Tom. No, Tom. Tom. No, Tom. Right. Anyway. Like if my name was Andy and you went by Andy. Because mm. a lot of Andreas go by Andy. I don't think a lot of them do. I know one. I know two other Andreas. And they both. I go only by go by Andy for, for my nephew. For the nephew. Because yeah. Andrea was too hard for him to say when he was little. Yeah. Anyway. It's super cute. Okay. What I'm about to say next, I think, may have happened in like one of two ways. I read in some articles that Bill and Tracy introduced Jamie Curd to Janelle, thinking it would be a good fit, seeing as neither of them had any relationship experience and were both awkward and single. But I've also heard... So Jamie, not like a social butterfly kind of a guy. No. Okay. No, no, no. He had never had a girlfriend. He's never had a girlfriend. Damn. But I've also heard Lucky. and read that... <laughs> Dick. <laughs> that it was Janelle that decided to pursue a relationship with Jamie to somehow, in her own way, like make Bill Payne jealous. Mm-hmm. Get him, girl. Like, oh, if you're going to date her, then I'm going to get your cousin. Baby. Yeah. I could see either story being true. And with her n- not being as developed as she should be at her age, you, yeah. that's the kind of things you do in elementary school. I know. Element, I've heard of people school. that are fully developed doing some dumb shit like that. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. I don't think that has much to... I don't think that's really a... Regardless of how it happened, Jamie Curd was genuinely into Janelle. And of course, Janelle ate it the fuck up and loved nom, the nom, attention nom, nom. and the idea of having an actual boyfriend, even if it was her super crush's cousin and best friend. Sounds like do most... You? Sounds like most stories about people that settle okay (laughs) so how was janelle able to get this close with jamie you might ask i might ask that because you know our parents are super strict and controlling well topics janelle actually asked bill payne for jamie's number and immediately began calling him she would call him in short 30 to 40 second phone calls i fucking love you i gotta go (laughs) because she did not want her parents to know she was calling him I hope you're having a good day. I think you got a nice, I like, I like your pants. Your butt. I like your butt. You got a cool butt. Uh, just Tina. Uh. <laughs> okay, gotta go. During one of these quick calls, she mentioned that her computer was messing up, and Jamie ended up going over to the Potters to fix her computer. So I can just like, hi, it's Janelle. I just like, my computer's messing up. You can get more fix it. Okay, bye. Gotta go, bye. This was something that became a regular apparent <sighs> need, 
and he inevitably became their personal IT guy. Good for him. But like side hustle. Whose computer's fucking up so fucking much that they need somebody over like yeah frequently. Yeah, yeah. I I remember computers being shittier, and the 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 I feel like the fear of always wanting to make sure that your computer is running was like a bit like viruses and all that shit. Burial gadget. <laughs> fucking kill the podcast just burn this one just burn it i don't even want to be a part of this anymore well this isn't like old though like you're like dating it yeah but the parents could foreseeably be like oh we gotta have this computer for some fucking reason and something's always going on with it sure but like inevitably the story is in like 2011 2012 okay so i mean yeah come on yeah. Oh, I also have pictures. Yeah, I've been looking at that chick. She's like staring at me in the oh, face. Oh, no, I'm not going to show you that one yet. Well, I've, I've been looking at it, so. Oh, here. I've got this timeline for you. Or I guess not a timeline. Like a family. It sounded like, it's like a, a family, family tree. Thing. Yeah. So it shows you. We've got Marvin, mm-hmm. Buddy, and Barbara. Mm-hmm. And then Janelle's her daughter. Mm-hmm. And then you got Billie Jean, mm-hmm. Billy, mm-hmm. and Jamie. So mm-hmm. you can look at that in case you get confused. You folks at home can look too. On the website. Do a Google. Do a Google. Maybe this we'll, is uh, maybe we'll try to find it on the website. Barbara does I'll post look, all these two. Barbara does look like she wears the britches. Yeah. It's like she's got her finger up his butt right now. Like, don't And he's like, fucking, And he's got that Marine Corps hat on. Yeah, he does. Okay. This whole computer fixing situation was actually how Janelle began her full-blown secret relationship with Jamie Curd. Oh, cheeky. Jamie even bought Janelle a secret phone so that they could text and sometimes talk when her parents weren't around Damn, or were she's sleeping. she's fucking CIA too, bro. But this relationship, I think, was still super innocent. I don't think that they ever were, like, intimate, had sex or anything like that. Sure. A few things I want to mention about Janelle before moving forward. As I've said, the town of Mountain City is tiny, and people were kind and open to Janelle, trying to make her feel welcome and part of the community. Janelle at some point claimed that two women were stalking her. Oh. And she went to the sheriff's office to file a claim that one of those women had removed her from a section on her MySpace page called Favorite People. Can I, can I, can I repeat that? Yeah, you might want to. She went to the sheriff's office to claim that one of those women had removed her from a section on her MySpace page called Favorite People. That is funky. I mean, that is fuck. definitely something that the sheriff's office needs to be like handling. I mean, they're busy guys, but certainly. Is that like that's... top 16, top yeah. 32? Yeah. It got really out of hand there for a while. Tom. I miss, I miss MySpace Space. Tom. MySpace was so lit. You'd always go on there and listen to Eminem oh, you, or something. Oh, when like you went to each other, when you went to someone's emo. page and there was a, a song automatically playing. There were so many things you could do to your profile. You could like add graphics and there were third party shits. You could play games and shit on there. Okay. Another woman claimed that Janelle and Barbara confronted her at her home, yelled at her, and threatened to punch her. Damn. Her father, or Janelle's father, Buddy, actually went to the sheriff's office to report, wait for it, someone unfriending Janelle on Facebook. Buddy went up to the cops and said that? Buddy went to the sheriff's office to report someone under friending Janelle on Facebook. Buddy, you don't do that. Buddy knows better. He was in the fucking CIA. Buddy. So as these things happened, like, the town was also kind of becoming aware. You can't really hide all this fucking drama when you're in a tiny town, right? Well, there's a lot of unfriending going on. The sheriff said, quote, this Facebook thing was her whole life, uh, referring to Janelle. And if you deleted her... Janelle and her parents started to harass you. If you ran into them at the grocery store, you had an altercation with them. It was an ongoing thing with these people. End quote. 
Weird. On two separate occasions, Janelle had restraining orders taken out against her by two different women. In May of 2011, a woman claimed that Janelle started harassing her after she unfriended her on Facebook, and Janelle would call her between 5 and 20 times a day. On the secret phone? No, on the landline. Damn. She'd have to hide that shit. Also in May of 2011, another woman claimed the exact same fucking shit. I even I heard read somewhere that was like sometimes she would just like call and just breathe into the phone, but like they obviously fucking knew who she was, and you can only stop, stop it. I was doing a sound effect. And Janelle, I know it's you, Janelle. No, you don't. Janelle, I know it's you. No, you don't. Janelle, stop calling me. It's not Janelle. Janelle, stop. I can I can fucking star fifty nine that. Or what was it? I think it was sixty nine. Was it? Remember yeah. when you could like figure out who it was? Okay, star we have a lot to go. Sorry, I'm just having fun. So from what I saw, I believe these charges were inevitably dropped due to lack of evidence. You know? Yeah. They didn't have the breathing, heavy breathing on tape, I guess. (laughs) So let's regroup. Let's do it. Jamie Curd and Janelle have some sort of weird low-key relationship, Mm -hmm. even though she's fucking 30 and he's almost fucking 40. Okay, that's cool. Janelle has never lost her crush slash obsession over Bill Payne. And Payne boys. And Bill is in a relationship with Billie Jean Hayworth, which I can say for sure Janelle does not like. Okay. 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 So in 2010, Billy Jean moved in with Billy Payne, where he lived with his father, Paul Bill. Paul Bill. <laughs> yes. We got another Bill. Pa- but he's Paul Bill. Paul Bill. He's Paul. Literally, that's what people, it was Paul Bill. Yeah, it's Paul. Please try and keep your bills straight here, guys. Well, that's Paul, <laughs> and then there's Bill, and then there's Billy Jean. I don't see it. All right. Those are completely different names. Yeah. I don't understand She's the problem. not my lover. All right, hey. soon after she moved in with Bill, she found out that she was pregnant. Also, I just want to say when I was researching this, why do they people why do they use the word word the phrase fell pregnant? Then she fell pregnant. Well, I was walking across the kitchen and I slipped on a banana peel and <laughs> fell pregnant. Nine months later I had a baby. I mean, banana. it's usually like a negative thing, right? Oh, she fell pregnant. Like oh, she didn't I wonder mean if to. It, like she, she didn't, didn't get, get pregnant. pregnant. She fell she pregnant. Got, I mean it's like it's like a polite way of saying you got knocked up. I guess. But, like, they didn't... Yeah, sure, she got pregnant, but they weren't, like, <clears throat> upset about it. It wasn't a bad thing in this situation. We thought she had a cold, but it turns out she fell pregnant. No. And so... And now there's a Billy oh. goat running around. Jesus. Because <laughs> of the Billies. <laughs> okay. In July 2011, Bill Payne and Billie Jean had their baby boy, Tyler. Oh, welcome to the world, bro. After Billie Jean fell pregnant, Janelle often commented that she, quote, didn't deserve that kid. Jamie told her, Jamie told Janelle that he really felt like his cousin was in love with Billie Jean and he felt like their relationship would last. Janelle would respond saying, Bill isn't going to keep her and she was just another girlfriend that wouldn't last. Okay, red flags, Jamie. Red flags. I know there are a million people in the story, but I have to introduce one more character. Chris. Chris. Janelle often spoke about Chris, who she said was a friend of the family's. She said he was like a brother to her, and he worked for the CIA. Chris had a house in Tennessee and one in Pennsylvania, and he would work on cases and go back and forth between the two places. Chris and her were the same cases age. Cases and places. Chris and her were the same age, and he lived next door to her in Pennsylvania, and they went to the same high school together. Around the time that Billie Jean moved in with Bill, Jamie began receiving text messages from Chris. I know that's a lot. 
Chris reported to Jamie about all of the negative comments that people were posting about Janelle on topics and telling him how it needed to stop. Chris would also email Jamie, as well as Janelle's parents, about Billie Jean and Bill Payne and how horrible they were. And they were clearly the ones bullying and harassing Janelle. Chris and the CIA is doing this? He got time to be doing this? So, Chris would There's email... There's a lot of motherfuckers in the CIA in this story. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot. Chris would email from Janelle's email account, Ooh. which was bul2dog at aol.com. So, like, bull2dog with one L. Because, you know, CIA stuff. And he never talked to them on the phone because he had a phobia of phones. You know, CIA stuff. Jamie knew when the emails were coming from Chris, you know, because it's from the same email account as Janelle. But he knew they were coming from Chris because he would sign the emails with Chris. (laughs) That's proof enough for me. Also, Chris would start his emails with, hey, man, or hey, dude, how's it going? So obviously that's sure, not Janelle. totally a dude. And Chris would rant and rave about everything in his emails, cursing, calling people names, and speaking hatefully, which Janelle never did. So, and, and there's, Janelle is really starting to have this like online bullying going on, and I'll get more into it. But at one point, Janelle found a rock in their front yard, and it said on the rock, Billy Jean and Billy Payne. And it also said, quote, I'm your Huckleberry. Oh, shit. Which is apparently a line from the movie Tombstone. Yeah. Which I've never seen. I'll be your huckleberry. But it means like you're the right person for the job. Yeah. Yeah. So she just found this rock in there, you know, and it was like it had Billie Jean and Billy Payne's name on it. And I'm your huckleberry. Janelle, however, wasn't the only one being bullied online. In 2010, right after Bill and Billie Jean began dating, Tons of accounts online from different people began posting negative comments about Bill and Billie Jean and their friends on Facebook and on the Mountain City page on topics. They were being called no good whores, accused of selling drugs, and there were lots of threats of violence made against uh, Billie Jean and her friends. These people would also claim that Billie Jean had HIV and they would offer support and talked about how amazing Janelle was. And if Billie Jean and her friends didn't stop harassing Janelle, there would be retaliation with violence. I know, there's a lot. I know. So there was an incident at one point where Billie Jean was getting gas and Barbara and Janelle zoomed into the gas station, blocking Billie Jean's car by putting their car at the bumper of hers. They proceeded to scream at Billie Jean, telling her that she did not deserve to be a mother and that she should not have been given a child. And people who saw this happen said that Billie Jean was visibly shaken and crying. That's fucked up. <clears throat> That's, I mean, they're fucking weird, man. Buddy and Barbara were constantly talking to Chris about all this stuff. And Chris was very adamant about taking care of the situation and always looking out for sweet Janelle. But he also even went to the police station at one point about this harassment, saying that they were threatening to do things to her, like rape her and cut her head off, and that she was, quote, too pretty to live. They were... <laughs> She's too pretty to live. That Janelle was just too pretty to live. We're going to kill her. She's too damn pretty. Since she's so pretty, I'm just going to go ahead and show you a picture real quick. Yeah, there's that chick that was staring at me. Um, That's her and uh, Jamie. Good looking folks. Good looking And folks. I'm not going to harp on anybody's <clears throat> looks. Here's another picture of her. Good, you know, she's That's a more flattering fine, picture of but her. But like, too pretty to live? Not something I would have said. I'm also not going to comment 
Because I don't want to be offensive. Or and not offensive. I'm going to give you one more picture. This is Billy paying Billy Jean and their baby. Okay. So with this Chris guy, for just an example, I'm going to read you an email. Okay. To Barbara from Chris. To Barbara. Okay. Okay. This is an email from Chris, the CIA agent, who's looking out for Janelle, to Barbara, Janelle's mom. They are plotting to kill her or yell at her. Now they want to hurt and kill Janelle. She's the main one. There's a plot just for Janelle. So make sure she's always with someone and close, very close. Well, I'm happy everyone that needs to carry is carrying and ready because you just don't know right now. I will say in a week or less, it's going to get worse and nothing else needs to come y'all's way. But with B and J, I think things should go great. How have you been, mom? I'm going to pause. Yes, Chris is so close to the family, Mm -hmm. he calls her mom. Barbara. And Barbara calls him son. Okay. Back to the email. I don't care what they read or think. It goes to show that they are just evil and mean, and that baby was never wanted. Look how they treat it. I hope maybe it should die. Oh, fuck. It come from the devil. Them two making the thing? They can't stand it that Janelle is so pretty and so truthful and just a great person. Lindsay is a good for nothing, and she needs to put a bag over her head and breathe hard. L-M-A-O. Or purple... <laughs> Sorry. Or pull her lip over her head and just swallow hard. L-M-A-O. What the fuck? Ew. Her fucking ugly face and neck. Saw her at the store today. Icky. She wears short dresses. Icky. So that is um, just an example of an email from I mean, CIA I Chris. feel like the writing's on the wall about this Chris character, but I'm going to let you do your narrative thing. But cool, cool, cool. I mean, I think the writing's <laughs> on the wall. Right? Okay, now we're going to take a little bit of a turn. Skirt! On January 31st, 2012, around 10 o'clock a.m., Roy Stevens, yes, it's another person, but you don't really need to Stop introducing people. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> Roy Stevens was, he was a former neighbor of Paul Bill. Paul Bill. Oh, okay. He went to the house where Billy Payne, Billy Jean, and their baby Tyler and Paul Bill lived to oh. pick up his mail, which he frequently did. I don't know why. Okay. Whatever. But that's Maybe what he it was is. on the road and he had to have it redirected. Whatever. Bill kept Roy's mail for him and left it on a shelf in their living room for him to pick up. Roy noticed that Bill and Billy Jean's cars were still there, which he felt was odd because of work and shit, you know? He knocked on the sliding glass doors and. With no response, he decided to just go ahead and go inside. And he, quote, okay. hollered with no answer. <laughs> what I did is I walk in the house and I hollered. I feel like I, I just, I feel him. He, went, he was like, knock, knock. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody? Yeah. Am I home? This is so, knock, knock. This is so reminiscent of like Henry County stuff, man. <laughs> he then walked down the hallway toward the bedrooms where first he found Bill Payne lying on his back on the bed. He saw blood. And ran over to see if he was okay. And when Bill didn't respond, he ran out to his wife who was in the car and told her to call 911. She was trained in CPR. So she ran in to attempt to aid Bill, but she found him very stiff and ice cold. At that point, she realized that he was dead. He had a gunshot wound to his face below his eye and his throat was slit. God damn. That's vengeful. While Roy's wife called 911, he heard a noise coming from the next room, which was the baby's nursery. Oh, fuck. This is where he found Billie Jean Hayworth lying on the floor, clutching her seven-month-old baby, Tyler. Oh, my God. She had a pool of blood coming from her head, and as you may assume, she was also dead from a gunshot wound to the side of her head. Fuck. 
baby Tyler had his mother's blood on his head. But fortunately, he was alive oh and God. was not hurt. Oh, my God. That's but he'd so been scary. lying I thought, there. I thought this was going to be another fucking savage one. But, I mean, it's still pretty savage. Yeah, but the baby's... But at the least thing the is, lived. he'd been lying there for so long that he, like, basically cried all he could cry. Like, he was silent. The baby oh, wasn't even crying. sweet buddy. It's so awful. Yeah, sweet buddy. So, obviously, police came, whole situation, yeah. yada, yada. Yeah. So, after the murders, it was immediately known that the Potters and Jamie Curd were the only ones that had beef with the victims. Okay. A guy named JD, who worked at the grocery store, said that the Potters would come in and start saying negative things about the, about Billie Jean and Billy. Okay. And he actually heard one of them say at one point, quote, if I ever get the chance, I would put a bullet in Bill's head. So, well, of course. That's pretty incriminating there because <laughs> so he got a bullet to the fucking head. Yeah. The police go to the Potters' house and have an hour-long conversation with them. They said the Potters were like, we wouldn't wish that on anyone, but... The whole conversation was also filled with venom and negative things about Billie Jean and Billy Payne, okay. which the police found odd seeing as they were just fucking murdered. Yeah. So a little bit from the interview with the Potters. Um, I'm just going to kind of quote it, right? Janelle, I got on Facebook and saw what happened and it's sad, but I mean, that's all I can tell you is that they had been harassing the living crap out of me. Then Agent Lott said, have you posted anything negative about them on the internet? She says, uh, the only thing I have ever posted was Billy and Lindsay, leave me alone. That's all I've ever said. It came out to be a jealousy thing. They said I was too pretty and I wasn't from here, so was never going to be accepted. I feel bad about the situation because I didn't want no harm on them. I never wished them harm. I never said, quote, I want you dead. Oh, wow. Agent Lott said, who is Jamie to you? He's just a friend. We've been friends for years. Lott said, so is Jamie kind of like your boyfriend? And that's I'm literally quoting it like that. So it's so good. Yeah. Jamie kind of like your boyfriend. <laughs> Her and Buddy immediately go, no. No. Oh, and Janelle bitch. says, no, he's just a really good friend. And the detective asks. asks he done asked him. <laughs> does he want to be your boyfriend? And Janelle says, no, not that I know of. He's so laid back and he doesn't have enemies. He stays to himself. So after this interview with the Potters, they obviously move on to Jamie Curd. And they bring him in for an interview. And I'm going to read. I'm going to do a little bit. The same thing with the Jamie interview. The detective says, you know why we want to talk to you, right? And he says, yeah. And Lott says, which also, I just want to point out that it, his name is Scott Lott. <laughs> Scott Lott. Whatever. So Lott says, can you. Owner a big lot. <laughs> can you explain to me what kind of problems y'all were having? And Jamie says. He used way too many napkins. Oh, God. Blamkin, stop. Not again. <laughs> Jamie says, Bill had told me that there'd been emails of stuff posted. I don't have Facebook. I don't know nothing about it. And I'm really, that's how. This, this shit works. came from social fucking, I can't, I can't. This is social media murder. Um, Jamie says, she's just a friend, just a friend of the family. So obviously the detective's like, well, what the fuck? Like, why would he have a fallout with his co- cousin over this like acquaintance family or whatever? Because yeah, yeah. it's, obvious that jamie has beef with bill and billy jean now too and you're just friends you just fix their computer yeah. but whatever okay so later after this first interview they don't really get much out of him but he agrees to come back for a polygraph oh shit which don't fucking do that yeah dude never do a, a they're not admissible in court yeah so they're right fucking there don't bullshit. fucking do them. don't fucking do one just i don't care if you're innocent 
or guilt. Just you don't don't do it. Yeah, don't dude. do it. No. So there were three main questions that were asked of Jamie, which were, were you present at the time of the homicides? Did you harm anyone at the scene? And do you know who committed the murders? He showed deception on at least one of those questions. Damn. You guilty so, as fuck, guys. I'm not like saying like they're ignorant or like small minded or whatever. Sure. But when you're in a small town and you don't like realize the the gravity of a polygraph or you don't realize how much it actually doesn't fucking mean anything. Right. Like Jamie, that's going to fucking scare the shit out of him yeah, when he's brought back in and said, hey, you lied. Yeah. So that's exactly what happens. And the agent says, I know you know who killed these people. And at that moment, you could tell that he was super affected after he told him the results of that polygraph. And they also said, you know, we don't think you're the shooter, but we think you know, like, who was involved and who did it. I wonder if that's the reason people still, because once they get you on something on a polygraph, they just get, so they probably just scare the shit out of you and you tell them everything. I mean, there's so many cases where, like, so-and-so, like, refused to take a polygraph and it, it fucking fires back against them. Or they did take it and it fires back against them. But then it's not able to be used. It's just like, it's said polygraphs are fucking yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Like, they should just be done with. Yeah. Done with. I mean, in this situation, I'm sure it helped them. But Right. I think, And that's the reason I think that there's still a thing is that it, it's that leverage piece. So, in the midst of all of this, and he's sitting in this interrogation room, they've said all of this. And they can tell that Jamie is starting to be affected and showing signs of, like, nervousness. He says, is the CIA here? Sure. And they're like, what the fuck Why are you talking about? Why would the CIA be here? We're in a small town, Mountain City. Why the fuck would the CIA be here? Okay. Right? Yeah. I think at this point, well, when they're like. In this town, everybody probably thinks everybody's in the fucking CIA, <laughs> dude. I think at this point, when they're like, what? Jamie is realizing he doesn't even fucking know what's going on. And what? he admits to some role in what happened. And he tells them who the shooter was. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Who was it? Buddy Potter. Buddy? Buddy Potter. Buddy, what are you doing? He says, I was there. I was involved. But Buddy was the shooter. Buddy. Yeah. Buddy. Fucking Buddy. I also want to just take a little second to say. He's going to fucking like brain, brainwash this dude into thinking it was like the CIA and shit. Like, oh my God. Well, I, mine was very irrelevant, but I was just going to say, like, we had to take a quick little pause. And I think that this podcast is making our dogs fat because I have to give them food so that they'll fuck yeah, off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. We got a couple of chunks. So now we're going to get the real story of what happened. Okay. Because Jamie... You know, is fucking giving buddy. it up, right? What the fuck? On the evening of January 30th, which we know is the day before the murders happen. Okay. Barbara invited Jamie over to work on their computer. And while he was there, Buddy came into the room and asked Jamie if he would, quote, do him a favor. He asked Jamie to take him down to Bill Payne's, let him out and go down the road and come back and pick him up. Okay. okay. He didn't specify a time or date. Okay. So when Jamie got back home after this evening over there, working on the computer, he got a, <laughs> a phone call. Because what else was he doing, right? Right. He got a phone call from Janelle saying that Buddy needed him to help, quote, do something. When he got off the phone, he got a text from Janelle that said, 
would not take your cell phone with you in the morning, love. Okay. Quote. Okay. Okay. Even though at this point, Jamie's still like, I'm helping with something. When am I doing it? Somebody tell me when I'm doing it. God damn. What well, the hell am I doing? The next morning, mm-hmm. January 31st, 2012, was when this favor was happening. Mm-hmm. He got a text from Janelle that said, quote, daddy's leaving. Then Buddy came and got Jamie. Mm-hmm. And they proceeded to go and sit in a church parking lot by Bill Payne's home and waited for Paul Bill to leave. Oh, fuck. Once they saw he was gone, they approached the house and Buddy gave... Because nobody, I don't give a fuck who you are, nobody fucks with Paul Bill. Nobody. Fucks. No, they were waiting for Paul Get Bill it. to leave. Get it? Nobody, nobody. fucks with nobody. Paul Bill. Nobody fucks with Paul Bill. That's Buddy's. That's yeah. a good one. Okay. So... <laughs> They approach the house, and Buddy gives Jamie a gun. Oh. Jamie then says that he told Buddy, like, I I, I'm, I can't kill anybody. Like, I can't kill anybody. Oh, it's too good. It's too good. But he told Buddy he could not kill anyone. And, re- and Buddy responded by saying he just needed to, quote, stand by the door. He also said something like, I remember reading. You're already fucking culpable, bro. Like, he, I, he, I saw, something, saw something that Buddy was said to Jamie if they see us, all hell is going to break loose. Just like, well, yeah, you fucking yeah. psycho. You guys are showing up unannounced with guns. So they go around like the shed and approach the house. Buddy goes straight in and walks right into the room and shoots Bill Payne. Damn. Billy Jean runs out and sees Jamie by the door, blocking the door. So she turns around and runs back into the baby's room to grab Tyler. Oh, my God. Buddy comes out of the room where he just shot Billy. I mean, Bill. Shit. I mean, it's, he goes by Billy, too. Yeah. And Jamie points down the hall to where Billie Jean had just run to. Like, oh, she went that way. Right? Oh, my God. So dude. he turns around, goes right at her, goes in there, and, and shoots Billie Jean. Jesus. Yeah. So he's just as fucking guilty. So after the murders, Jamie got a text from Chris that said, quote, the problem was over. Chris, CIA, CIA, Chris. Chris. Sure. The one looking out for sweet Janelle, sweet baby, who always tells amazing, the, who pretty, always tells the truth. She's so pretty, 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 pretty Janelle. Okay, so following Fuck. this confession, Agent Lots asked Jamie to call Buddy and ask if he got rid of the stuff from Bills, like AKA the murder weapons, right? Sure. sure. And he did. So on like February sixth or seventh, it said it was either late or early. I don't know. He calls Buddy, which was recorded because yeah. he's actually at a police station. Yeah. yeah. Barbara answered and talked to Jamie for a few minutes and said that she had an email from Chris. So Barbara is telling Jamie that she has an email from Chris that Jamie had been arrested. And she asked him if he had taken a lie detector and if he passed it. He then talks to Buddy and asks, quote, did you get rid of everything from Bills? And Buddy says, uh-huh. <laughs> That's literally the quote. <laughs> and Jamie says, okay, that makes me feel a lot better. And Buddy says, yeah. <laughs> and then this is like my favorite fucking thing about this whole story. At one point in this conversation, Jamie says something like, yeah, they're, you know, they're pointing fingers. And Buddy says, oh, Jiminy Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Just so like. Well, Jiminy Chris, they're dead. I done killed him. Jiminy Chris. He Christmas. murdered some two people, God. but he can't say, fuck. Right. God damn it. He's right. like, Jiminy Christmas. <laughs> Stupid. Jesus. 
Okay. So following this phone call, police get an arrest warrant for Buddy and a search warrant for their house and Buddy's truck. On February 7th, in the Potter home, an investigator is like collecting stuff and puts a stack of papers he found next to Barbara and Janelle. Because they're like sitting on the couch while they do this. Okay. Fucking Barbara reaches over and starts ripping these papers in half in front of in front of the, the cops. The investigators. Yeah. The papers were emails that had several pictures of Janelle, Billie Jean, and her friends that had been taken from Facebook. Okay. One of the emails that had just a picture of Billie Jean actually had the subject line, Billy Whore. Oh, okay. Who's printing this dumb shit out? Oh, dude, just fucking wait, man. During the search, they also took a computer with an external hard drive, a notebook next to the computer that had passwords to different internet accounts, including passwords for Janelle and Barbara's email accounts. Uh... Wait for this. They also found 32 firearms. 32 of them? 32. That's a lot of guns. Who the fuck needs that many uh, guns? That's a lot of guns. You and, could, like, arm a militia with that I mean, many the weapons. fuck, dude. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, do we sense paranoia? I bet he was in the NRA. But the guns, all the other stuff was taken, but the guns or the firearms were not because they didn't match the same... Like, that yeah, were okay. used in the crime. So well, no they got to he, keep all 32 no he, of them. No wonder he didn't give a shit to get rid of a couple of guns. Jesus. They also searched Buddy's truck where they found oh my God. three trash bags of shredded paper. What was that shredded paper, you might be asking? I was. There were printed out emails between Barbara and Chris for Buddy to read because Buddy didn't know how to use the computer. So Barbara printed them out for him Uh to read. Wow. And I'm sorry, you've gone to the extent of shredding them. But they're just sitting in the truck. You you didn't think maybe take those to the dumpster before you go murder some people? (laughs) Fuck, dude. Yeah. Okay. So Buddy was interviewed by investigators, of course. He's been arrested at this point right come on buddy he eventually admitted to committing the crime okay after he found out that the phone call with him and jamie was recorded Uh he kind of like was like ah because at first he was very much like no you know these people were harassing my daughter i would never do that blah 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 after he kind of says that he did it he calls barbara this is also recorded and he says Quote, I want to call and tell you this myself before somebody else does. I did it. Because of what they tried to do to Janelle and you, and I didn't want you to be afraid no more. She says, you couldn't have done it. I saw you sitting there at home. You were with me. What? Then he says, I love you. I did it to protect you. And she says, you're not guilty because you were here. You have to say that. And then again, she says, quote, you were here. I saw you. And she ends the phone call by saying, quote, don't worry, honey. You were right here. I saw you right here. Oh, my God. So at this point, Buddy and Jamie are arrested. But, you know, not Barbara and Janelle because there's no proof of them being involved or whatever in sure, any way. Sure. But Agent Lot is like, um, no, 
to look more into this shit with these emails because what the fuck? So as, as he's looking through these emails, he sees some pictures of Chris and his dogs and his friends. CIA agent Chris, right? Right. And in the mix of all that, he finds a last name. Uh-huh. And I cannot for the life of me remember how you pronounce this dude's last name. It's Chris. It's T-J-A-D-N. It's like Chris. Chadenson. Yeah, some weird. I don't know. So, sure enough, Christopher, T-G-A-D-N, mm-hmm. was a real person. Yeah. Okay. CIA Chris. Yeah, but right? he ain't the one of them. Course. He ain't writing them emails. He was living in Delaware. Okay. Um, oh, my God. I mistyped, and instead of working, I accidentally typed forking. He's forking, forking in Delaware. <laughs> Mother forker. He was in Delaware working for Delaware City Police Department. Okay. So they go track him down and are like, what the fuck, dude? Hi. Do you know Janelle Potter? And he says, yeah, we went to high school together. Okay. 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 But he hadn't seen or spoken to her. Spoking? Spoking. He hadn't seen or spoken to her since they graduated high school in 2000. Okay. I mean, I said I thought the writing was on the wall. Janelle had basically a major crush on... A what? Crust. <laughs> it's like it's like when you get to the end of the piece of pizza. A crust. And that's all that's left. I like the cheesy crust. <laughs> I like them cheesy crust. Hey, you want to do pizza later? I'm kind of hungry. I am too. Okay. I need it after this. Jesus. I need a lot of wine after this. Okay. Janelle basically had a major crush on this Chris guy. And he was someone who was super popular in school when they were in high school but he wasn't a bully and he was super friendly with everybody so okay. he was one of those people who's super friendly with sure, her and sure. obviously said hi to her and probably felt sorry for her but they weren't like friends not you know how janelle probably thought right so similar to her obsession with <laughs> bill it's insane so similar to her obsession with bill Payne, she decided to use chris as her cia chris you know face Therefore, but how did anybody? Who buy was it? Chris? Yeah, it none was obviously other Janelle. than Janelle yeah, fucking Janelle. Potter. Yeah, I was I was tracking that. From but the let me break dude. this. She's using his her own fucking email. Yes, but let me break this down even more in case you don't get the insanity of all of this. Janelle Potter catfished her own parents into murdering two people by pretending to be a CIA agent. Emailing her mother from the same, same. computer. The same fucking thing. They yeah. had one computer. Same fucking. It's her email address. And they had one computer. Dude. That means Janelle's going in and being like, CIA Chris. Beep, 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 beep. And then mom's going in and being like, oh, got a new email. Do, 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 do. And then mom's coming out and being like, haven't gotten a response from Chris yet. And well, Janelle's like, be, oh, give me a second. Let me go check. I don't mean to be. Right, right, right. I don't mean to be insulting, but. Barbara doesn't sound like she's all that brilliant either. But I also want you like to that. revisit like, the fact that Janelle is supposed to have the yeah, mind of a fourth grader. A very meticulating fourth grader. Okay. Yeah. And then okay. poor fucking buddy is just getting the printed out email. So, of course, it's real. Oh, dude. Okay. So, wow. Dennis Brooks, who is the assistant district attorney... Of 17 years at this point, who also ended up writing the book that I read. Okay. Um, he had never seen a case, like, obviously as fucking strange as this one. He had no guidebook to go by to figure out how to prosecute this case because he didn't want to let it go. He was like, 
Janelle and Barbara are also responsible. They don't need yeah. to just be like yeah. doing their own thing. Like fuck that. Yeah. He there was literally like no other cases in the United States that he could he could find that were anything like this to go by, because there was no way to. There's no. It's hard to prove. Sure. An electronic or you know computer written stuff. It's not like handwriting, sure. yeah. right? Yeah. Also, four months after the murders, Barbara and Janelle file claims against the victim's family. You motherfucker. For, I guess, harassment. So you greedy motherfuckers. So they have Barbara and Janelle come down to the police station and type written statements for this, which in doing so, they gave Dennis Brooks exactly what he fucking needed. Oh, Dennis. Documents typed by Janelle and Barbara in front of them so they know that they typed them, which could be used against them later to match idiosyncrasies and the writing styles of the emails that would prove that Janelle was Chris. Oh, fucking dope. Way to go, Dennis. Dennis Brooks literally had to discover a field he didn't even know was in existence called forensic linguistics and found someone to help him, which I also saw was this guy who we got to help with this was $250 an hour. <coughs> I'm sorry. The only other case that he could find that he felt like had... <laughs> and it took him it took him 12 hours. Right. Oh, it probably <laughs> took him days. Days, bro. The only other case that he could even remotely find in the United States that had similarities was that of the Unabomber. Okay. Because the Unabomber inevitably got caught because of his his writing. Yeah. Which is crazy. So, <laughs> sentencing. In August 2013, authorities ended up arresting Janelle and Barbara. Good, you motherfuckers. For the murders of Bill Payne and Billie Jean Hayworth. Bill Payne was just trying to live his life because with his Because even Billy though woman. they weren't, they didn't physically do it in Conspiracy. the state of Tennessee, if you aid or whatever or help in that. Uh huh. You're you're responsible. Well, yeah. Like if I was like, I want you to kill my husband, and then that person kills your husband, you're responsible. I'm the husband in that reference. Sure. Jesus. <laughs> so a few months later, in October 2013, Buddy was found guilty for the murders, and is currently serving two life sentences. Damn. Jamie Curd ended up taking a plea deal. You bitch. He got 25 years in prison. Oh, he's still going. No, I mean actually, like. I don't blame him. If I feel bad for anybody in this story, it's Jamie. Yeah, because he's comes along for the ride, kind of. And I just think he was just. I mean, he's it's still fucked, but like he didn't actually. All he did was stand at the door yeah. and like think well, his, that well, the CIA was, was literally there to fucking. Yeah, that's the yeah. What the save fuck? Him. Yeah. In May 2015, three and a half years after the shootings, Janelle and Barbara finally went on trial. After seven days of testimony. The jury found both Janelle and Barbara guilty. You goddamn right. On first degree murder, and they were both sentenced to life in prison. Damn. Jamie Curt is actually eligible for parole th now, this year. Oh, shit. Buddy. That's just only like 10 years ago, though. Not even. Well, yeah. yeah. You, you, get, you get eligible for parole after yeah, yeah, yeah. like, what, 30% of your sentencing or 50 or something like that. No, 30. After 30%, right. you're eligible for, for parole. He was. Uh, Buddy is in Whiteville Correctional Facility in Tennessee, I think. He's eligible for parole in 
2132. <laughs> and he's already 32. in like his he's old. So. I always fucking love how they get like they just stack it so it's just like dude, you cannot Yeah, get the out. whole you um, will never get out no matter what happens. Yeah. You know, the consecutive also makes me feel like the private prison sector is about to start fucking with like immortality pills to like give the rich people immortal powers and they're Weird testing flex. it out on Let's move prisoners. on. Just saying. Janelle and Barbara are in uh Tennessee prison for women. They're eligible for parole in 2072 i'm gonna which, be dead in 2072. i mean she's in her 30s yeah right? she'll be dead so. there's no way that's 50 years i mean she'll, she'll be like in her 70s 80s she probably will get parole when she's like in her 80s if she doesn't fucking keep i don't know Jeez. um i'm almost done i know there was a lot but this case i mean there was no way for me to cut out any yeah, of that you just gotta buy you just gotta do it so two weeks before the murder barbara emailed herself a link to an article titled, quote, Can God Forgive a Murderer? Come on, Barbara. And I listened to something, uh, or I listened to another podcast where they actually like went and read the article. And it was like, yes, of course you can, because St. Paul had multiple homicides under his belt, and he was a top apostle. Well, St. Paul was a fucking Christian hunter. He killed them christians for being christian jesus right yeah but then the other thing it said in that article was the only other greater sin is not accepting god's forgiveness i don't even fucking come on man barbara's also quoted saying quote i love my daughter and my husband but i wouldn't sit here and laugh for them also in december 2017 um barbara also being a manipulative bitch ended up getting a prison guard who worked where they were to write a letter to the senior judge in support of her and Janelle. And that poor woman was fired because, like, it was fucking, like, that's inappropriate. Like, you can't do that. For anybody who doesn't know what catfishing is, there's also this thing called, like, crimes. Everybody. I feel like Crimes by proxy, they're officially termed, are, they're actually surprisingly really common. And the most notable being, like, contract killing and terrorism. And one of the most famous examples that we don't realize is also like the manson family murder yeah because you know everybody always says like charles manson is a serial killer but he never killed anybody he got other people to do it yeah uh lastly i'm going to end on dennis brooks yeah who is the book or who is author of the book that i read he was a man who's also a book and there are two quotes what's the book called oh right the book is called which is why I didn't want to say it before. Too Pretty to Live, The Catfishing Murders of East Tennessee. Damn. And there is a quote by him that is so fucking perfect for our podcast. In this book, he says something, quote, the grand jury wouldn't indict a ham sandwich. (laughs) I'm not even fucking kidding you. That's fucking awesome. And I'm going to end on the quote that he is probably most notable for in this case, which was, she might have had a learning disability as far as school goes, but she had a PhD in manipulation. Ooh. And that is the catfishing murders of East Tennessee. Fuck yeah. Good job. <sighs> wow. You see why it took me so fucking long. It took you a minute. Yeah. <sighs> but that was really good. That was fucked up. R.I.P. Isn't that to the, insane? To Billy Payne yeah, and Billy Jean. exactly. Hope their little baby boy's doing good. Uh, and fuck everybody else. Even Jamie a little bit. Oh, I mean, for sure. Yeah. No, they, they all none of y'all, None of y'all but were honestly, ever in the CIA, bruh. 
None of I y'all were in the CIA. I feel like, like, if I have any sympathy that goes towards anybody, it's fucking like Buddy and Jamie because they were just so fucking brainwashed. And then like to the point where they were like, the CIA is behind all that. Like, what the fuck? But who looks yeah. at emails where they're saying Icky and LMAO? Come on. Isn't that such a fucking insane story? Yeah, it's super That's why it's taken me so long to do because, oh my God. Did it, would you say that it took you a little hey, while to do? fuck you. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening Thank to We Drink and We Know so Things much. podcast. And man. sorry if this one's a lot longer, but... It took I Andrea a long time to do. It's worth it. <laughs> Follow us on social media. All the social meds, man. You know where we are. And if you've listened us- this far, we've, we've shoved it down your throats. Sure. Email us at We Drink and We Know Things podcast at Gmail with suggestions yeah. or feedback or, you know... What is questions, corrections, whatever, man. We love it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you for episode twenty eight. Next time. Bye. Peace.